Hello, this is Shelton Bumgarner, and this is the National Divorce episode of Vibe Shift. Now, before I continue, uh, as always, I would like to have a co-host and I would like to have guests. But that is not practical for me right now because no one likes me. I have no friends. But uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about the issues surrounding a potential, quote-unquote, national divorce, which is another term for civil war. But uh, I thought we I would talk about it some, and uh, you know uh, I know this is a very fractious, very divisive subject because some people think I'm being hysterical, that I'm being terribly negative, um, while other people just don't agree with my hot take on it because they come from the other direction and they think that everything I accuse MAGA of being that my side, the blues, they that we are. So anyway. I hope you enjoy this episode, and uh, when I wrap up at the end of this thing, I will uh, give you some closing words. One of the biggest uh, irritations I have whenever the subject of a national divorce comes up is that the people who do it, the, the far right, they uh, seem to think that it's going to be peaceful, or they propose it as if it's going to be peaceful, when that is not at all what's going to happen. A national divorce, would, it would just be as a war, and uh, for no other reason than the uh, no other reason than the U.S. military would not allow the people that would be leaving the Union, the Blues, to do so. And that that's another thing that's, that that's really sort of blows my mind about the whole thing is. Reds act like they're the, the suppressed minority when they're not. They're ascendant. They're they're going to establish white minority rule in the United States, white autocratic minority rule in the United States pr- pretty soon, if unless there is a national divorce. Now, for a long time, I thought I was under the false belief that there would be some sort of like like the, the if there was a civil war, that ultimately the end game would be one side or the other would win and. Totally, and I and now I think if there was a civil war, that it would be much much messier in its conclusion. I think the two sides would split into two, cleave into two, and there would be like the United States of Canada and Trumplandia. And I think that's, I think that is what would happen, and it would be very very messy. Lots and lots of people would die. The whole country would get much poorer, uh, but especially the Trumplandia part would get much much poorer. Uh, but they, and, but initially if, if, if the cleaving did take place initially, the red states would be quite content. They would be like, yeah, we finally got rid of the liberals. And then they'd be like, wait a second, why is our economy circling the drain? Um, but remember once you start that process, you don't know where that, where it goes. You don't know where, that's why I definitely don't want a civil war for various reasons because I'm not a violent person, but also once you start the process of of a civil of a national war or a civil war, you don't know where things are going to go. You don't know how it's going to end up because it could be, you know, you know, if you have a civil war, that ultimately you'll have uh, World War Three in the same at the same time in the conjunction with that, and you know, because the United States won't be around to prevent uh, prevent any kind of you know. Regional war flaring up, so that's that's another thing you have to think about. And I don't really have any 
ready answer for you. Um, it's one of those things where it could go either way. Uh, it could be that, um, could be that, you know, we're going to blow ourselves into oblivion. Um, and, you know, the red, the blue states won't make some, any kind of national government. It'll just be the, it'll be California and then some sort of, sort of loose alliances of the other states. But, uh, and also, you know, there's, there's no assurance that weapons of mass, mass destruction will be used. And then, you know, there's a possibility that uh, New, York City, New York City might just leave, leave and become their own, their own country, a free state. Um, so anyway, um, I, I think that we're going to have to kind of keep an eye on things because once Roe is officially overturned, that's going to be very destabilizing. I don't think that's going to happen until late June, early July. But once that happens, it will be very destabilizing because a lot of people who have kind of poo-pooed the whole idea or haven't been paying attention will suddenly sit up and take notice. Especially if Republicans' next fundraising gambit is that they want to outlaw contraception altogether. Um, and I, I don't think we really think about that enough because the Republicans, they keep moving and they go goalposts to the point where it it's kind of like now what um and they they won't gilead they won't trump Lanny, they won't gilead and and I, I don't think that there's any right now there's so much slack in the system that they they can probably get it i mean they they have every if they were smart which obviously they're not but they, they would they would know that they could get everything that they wanted peacefully through through politics because they are ascendant and they but yet they act like they're not and it's very stupid anyway uh, I, I guess it, that's it for this segment. I'll see you around the bend. So the ne- this is the next segment of, of this podcast uh, episode about the national a national divorce, and that is this this uh, this uh, segment is about how Reds are ascendant. Now, first, some background for the same reasons that. Uh, slave states left the Union in 1860, 1861, or tried try to, well, that would be the same reason why blue states will leave the Union in 2024, 2025, and that is that they know that blue states know that the red states are ascendant. And just like red, just like uh, slave states knew that the forces of free, free, free soil were, were uh, ascendant back in the day. So, uh, you know, if if Reds would just be patient, they could get everything that they wanted peacefully through politics. Now, they might have to be, they, they might, it may take a longer than they would like, but they, but they're ascendant. Like they, they, they have a, a throughput, uh, a through line straight towards victory, uh, turning America into an autocracy, an autocracy of, a white minority run white white minority run autocracy of blood and soil it's right there it's going to happen they just have to be patient and uh, i don't know if if they have it in them to be patient or not but you know um, it's one of those things where 
I really don't want a civil war. I don't. I do definitely, definitely do not want a civil war. Uh, but we have to. We have to appreciate that once Roe v. Wade is overturned, that that's going to be very destabilizing to the United States in general, and it's it's very possible that. Uh, it's very possible that, <coughs> excuse me, that uh, there will be real violence, uh, growing violence between now, between the moment that Roe v. Wade is overturned and certification day 2025. And I, I know I, on, in my, on my blog, have repeatedly in various ways looked at, looked at the possibility of autocracy or civil war from every single possible angle I can possibly think of to make myself feel better. And it's that, right now, I don't think that we're going to have a civil war. I think we're just going to slip peacefully into autocracy. People like me who are kind of loudmouth cranks, we will find ourselves in serious trouble. Um, so, you know, and I don't think people really can process because they're so used to free speech in the United States that they don't really understand that theoretically, you know, people have free speech in Russia. But guess what? No, they don't. And they have freedom to assembly in Russia. But guess what? No, they don't. So that that's that's something that needs to be uh, understood. That uh, there's more than one way to skin a cat, and there's more more than one more than one way to make an autocracy. Uh, and I think uh, it won't. I do not think Trump has it in him to actually implement an autocracy. I think he has it in him to start a civil war. He will try to start initiate an autocracy, but he's so stupid that he will probably well ultimately his historical uh, purpose will be to pick someone who will turn us into an autocracy. And right now, I think he, he either destroys DeSantis or they join forces, or he picks someone like Flynn, Mike Flynn, to be his VP, and, and it's Flynn that turns us into an autocracy. And I, and I think that's a real possibility. But but uh, old, uh, <laughs> old Pompeo, uh, Mike Pompeo, he's also he's another guy who is a possible uh, autocrat. He he definitely of all of the possible autocrats. I mean, there's so many. There are so many people that could be an autocrat, and I think that's why you see Republicans sort of salivating so much to be president because they know once they become president, they're the autocrat, and they will become fabulously wealthy, very very powerful, and they'll have the job for the rest of their lives because they'll probably change the constitution. So that's why they're all really trying so hard, especially that dude from Florida. I can't think of his name. Rick Scott. Is that his name Rick Scott? He he is the most brazen puppy dog uh, wanting to be president. He, and he, he he virtue signals by talking about how, you know, poor people don't pay their fair share and wanting to, you know, all this really just stupid stuff that is just vir virtue signaling for plutocrats. It's, that's literally what it is. Anyway, in our next segment, we're going to talk about Mike Pence. So, Mike Pence. The issue with Mike Pence is that he has the brass ring right in front of him, and he won't do anything about it. <clears throat> he could be the, ne the nominee for some sort of unity party, unity uh, ticket. <clears throat> with, him, with him being the presidential nominee and... AOC being the VP, because he he'll should be thirty five in October of twenty twenty four. Um, he could be 
a truly transformative historical figure, which would at least give us a little bit of breathing room, uh, could, could delay a civil war, maybe not stop it, but delay a civil war for a few, for eight years, if he was properly successful. Or or if maybe there was, if the longer you could have that power sharing agreement that would have to be done to get that situation going, the, the more time we would buy that maybe we could delay or stop a civil war. But see, he's so he's such a coward. Even though I will give him credit, he did do his perfunctory job of of certifying the vote on, on January 6th. He only did that because of my of uh, Dan Quayle told him to. Um, and so Mike Pence has the means, motive, and opportunity. He has the means, motive, and opportunity to <clears throat> to become a hero, to uh, change history by disavowing Trump and, and MAGA and becoming an apostate, apostate, I think it's the term, a John Dean type figure for MAGA, confessing everything he knows about Trump. Now, I will say as an aside that Trump, if Trump was smart, which he isn't, what he could do is he, he, could, he could confess everything and he still would win the presidency. But it's because people, because it would be a shock if people found out what we already know. <sighs> Trump is so stupid. Anyway, the point is, Mike Pence, he showed, I think there, there's a grain of honor and principle in him when he, when he, because he did his job on January 6th. But yet, he, he just can't, I don't think his poor old brain can comprehend, can process what needs to be done for him to get what he wants, which is to be president. He will never be president as a MAGA. He will never be president as a MAGA. Never. Ever. But he could be, because the center left is so weak, so divided, so fractious, so wrapped up in identity politics, that if all the, on, the only the only thing he has to change is his fidelity to Trump. If he suddenly confessed all the sins, stop being stop having his fidelity to Trump, then he could be a hero. And the center left would, would embrace him with open arms. And it would be overnight. Like from the moment he did it, he gave a speech saying, I disavow Trump. Goes into great length about all the things he saw when he was vice president. Uh, or at least if he were to release that, those pictures that we paid for of him being hiding out in the basement of the Capitol. Um, if he, if he like really leaned into his religion, like if he said something like, I'm a religious man, man of God, and I cannot, and, and what I saw with Trump was so bad that now I vow to destroy him. The center left, he doesn't have to change a center. He, he could still be against abortion. The center left would, would embrace him with open arms. It would be embarrassing how, how much the center left would embrace him. Overnight. Instantaneously. Um, and, you know, the reason why I said it is because look at Liz Cheney. I mean, Liz, I don't agree with anything Liz, I don't agree with anything Liz Cheney says, other than the fact she hates Trump. Well, not Trump. She doesn't hate him, but she hates MAGA. Um, and that's the only thing I agree with her on. And I'm like, I want that girl out. I want that one to be my president. <sighs> because the center left is so, so very devoid of, of any kind of leadership. And so the case could be made that Pence, if there was a national divorce, that Pence could be in the leadership, if he would switch sides, in the leadership of the Blues, which would be a great irony of ironies. Um, 
Anyway, it's it's all very sad, tragic and sad, and because he, my Pence wants to be president really bad, but he's never going to be president the way he's going. Uh, good luck. <laughs> So this is the wrap-up for this particular episode. Uh, I just like to talk. This is, in a way, kind of like an old, doing a periscope, but just recorded and in a bit more formal, even though I had not prepared at all. Uh, as, as, I, as I've always said, uh, I'd love to have a co-host and some guests because I'm a pretty good talker. But, alas, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but if you wish to contact me, the best way you can get in touch with me is on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter account is uh, Bum. <laughs> I mean, Shelt, excuse me, Shelt Garner. I may change that. I may change, but it's under the actual name. It says Shelton Bum Garner, but the account you the name is uh, the ID name. I mean, the account name is uh, Shelt Garner. But anyway, no one listens. No one cares. Uh, 